the, <coughs> the teaching on the three characteristics of conditioned experience are probably the most famous teachings in Buddhist traditions across uh, cultures and centuries. And yet there is something bewildering in that teaching. On one level, this is quite apparent. Things like change is apparent. That things hurt is more or less apparent. That things are not really personal is probably the most difficult of the three. But change, at least, is, is kind of feels like entry-level Buddhism. And yet there is a great profundity in these teachings and it is not for nothing that the Buddha says that if we have understood and reconciled with these three lakanas, with these three characteristics, then we are free. That is the end of the path. The paradox is that we probably don't deny change impermanence, instability. And yet, um, so far none of, none of you have told me you're completely free, so I assume you are not. So we have a partial knowledge of the first universal characteristic and live with the corresponding partial degree of liberation. So how can we deepen how can we grow into a reconciliation with these characteristics of all of our experience? Change, conditionality and the pain that goes with it, impersonality and the challenge that poses to our cherished notions of um, a self and an intrinsic essence that we would like to continue. So much of Buddhist teaching is geared to help us not believe but inquire into the ubiquitous nature of these characteristics wherever we turn, wherever we find refuge, wherever we find happiness, wherever we find safety and stability, we are called to investigate, to probe, to inquire into whether what we take to be permanent, what we take to be happiness, what we take to be self, whether that is truly so. Temperaments, inclinations and our virtues and hang-ups differ and that makes the path for all of us, although leading into the same direction, a different path. Some of us experience more loss in a life. Some of us experience more suffering that is due to anger, rage, aversion, disgruntlement. Some of us experience more of the suffering that comes through enjoyment, seeking, addiction. Some of us experience dukkha, 
as physical. Quite a lot of Asian tradition refer to the experience of dukkha primarily in physical terms. Some of us experience that dukkha not in terms of physical suffering, but in terms of depression and meaninglessness, a hollowness, a lack of purpose, a lack of values, a lack of orientation. So there are many, many different brands in which the three characteristics can come out. There's a little known teaching in Pali suttas. It is found as a sort of seed quality without much explanation. It is said that if we practice deeply with one of these lakanas, with one of these characteristics, either with impermanence, anicchata, with suffering or imperfection, dukkata, or with impersonality, anatata, if we make one of these characteristics our primary or place of investigation, then we will approach the deathless, we will approach freedom, the freedom of Nibbana, we will approach that freedom under the gateway of that lakana, the gateway of that characteristic. And that gateway, in the case of impermanence, is called animita. It is the signless, the gateway of the signless. If we attend to change in a continual manner, in a profound and deep manner, then the things that preoccupy our senses, the things that our mind latches onto, names, perceives, conceives, thinks about, those things will lose their sign, will lose their, the thing the mind latches onto. The more continual our capacity for witnessing and reconciling with change becomes, the more obvious it becomes that these things the mind latches onto, that these signs are not something we can genuinely hold on and are not something which we can genuinely believe in. So the signless, the gate, or the, the gate of liberation through the signless is the fruit of practicing with impermanence. The corresponding gate of liberation, if we practice with the characteristic of suffering, of imperfection, of unsatisfactoriness, is called the gate of wishlessness. Apanihita vimoka. So, when we truly reconcile and understand the degree of suffering that is inherent, profoundly inherent in all of our experience, um, even the most subtle, refined meditative state, even the most empowered, energetic um, resonance we may feel part of even the most exquisite intellectual understanding, even the most sweet, effective bond holds some degree of suffering. Not because of a fault of our own, but because it cannot truly deliver us. There is a happiness 
that is thought in our heart or by our hearts that no thing, no state, no relationship, no experience can truly quench. And if we have understood this, then we have set to realize the deathless by the gate of the wishlessness. We do not hold any more wishes that cannot be fulfilled. The corresponding gate for the third of the characteristics, a characteristic of impersonality is, uh, is called the gate of emptiness. It's called the Sunyata Vimokadvara, the gate I enter through when I have understood the impersonality of my own experience. An experience that is construed by, on the outside, my fabrication of a world that I believe to be perceiving through my senses. And on the inside, the corresponding activity is called identification. On the outside, I create a world through on the raw, on the basis of the raw material of what my senses tell me of this world. And then I fabricate the world and I fabricate meaning and I fabricate implications. So I fabricate you. It's not that you don't exist, but what I make out of you is the fabrication. In fact, I'm quite clear that you do exist. You, you're not a figment of my consciousness. This is not Vedic teaching. The Buddha was quite clear that just because things change doesn't mean they don't exist or that they are not real. They're very real. Suffering is very real. Stillness is very real. Happiness is very real. That's not the problem with it. It's not an illusion. It simply changes. It's not what we take it to be. That's the point. So things truly exist, but they don't exist in the way we perceive them. Uh, in the way we perceive them through our, the fabrications of our mind. So the corresponding part to the fabrication on the outside is a process on the inside, which is called identification. And if I have understood impersonality, realized the depth of this, then I understand that there is nothing that I can own truly. There's nothing that I can appropriate truly. There is nothing that constitutes my essence or my being or my timeless self or something of that nature. This is called the gate of emptiness. I'd like to share with you a, a, a very short passage. An ingenious Thai monk who has lived in the 20th century um, has come up with. He's a direct disciple of Ajahn Man, and his name is Ajahn Thun. He is quite famous in Thailand, and he is not very famous in the West. So he has, uh, from a deep realization, 
rephrased the Four Noble Truths. And I'd like you to listen carefully to this. The mind that goes out in order to satisfy its moods is the cause of suffering. The result that comes from the mind going out in order to satisfy its mood is suffering. The mind, seeing the mind clearly, is the path leading to the cessation of suffering. The result of the mind seeing the mind clearly is the cessation of suffering. Allow me to read it again. The mind that goes out in order to satisfy its moods is the cause of suffering. Yeah, this would be the second truth. The result that comes from the mind going out in order to satisfy its moods is suffering. That would be the first truth. The mind, seeing the mind clearly, is the path leading to the cessation of suffering. That will be the fourth truth. The result of the mind, seeing the mind clearly, is the cessation of suffering. That would be the third of the truth. So, I'd love to share this with you and to ponder upon.